0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. It's business as usual. According to Cliff Kingsbury, it was not the perfect bye week, but the team did return to the practice field on Monday. The goal is a simple one. Keep the train on the track, so to speak. Focus on this week's opponent, the Miami Dolphins. We've got some good news on the health front, plus a look at where things stand through eight weeks in the NFC West. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 343, and it starts now. So an interesting last 24 hours, MJ, to say the least, for the Arizona Cardinals. I was all prepared to sit here and talk about where the Cardinals stand within the NFC West division after being able to sit back and watch the other three teams play on Sunday. We'll get to that in a moment, but we do not want to bury the lead, so to speak. And because of reports on Sunday that had the players or two players testing positive for COVID-19, head coach Cliff Kingsbury confirmed that this morning. And then this afternoon, the Cardinals made it official. Linebacker Devon Kennard and quarterback Byron Murphy placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. And that is certainly unfortunate for both of those players, MJ, because one, you're talking about two defensive starters. And two, two players that had key roles and had been playing very, very well, especially Murphy from week one all the way to week seven
1: yeah and, and you know you you look at two starters, and you know Murphy kind of found his role at the slot position. we know Kennard has missed some games this year um but he's a guy that can seal the edge um he's physical, I thought he brought some grit to that defense and you know unfortunately, and you know Cliff has been ahead of the curve um he he's told us from day one there's gonna be positive tests it's just you know it's just you can go to the barber shop you can go anywhere um if obviously you have any close contact or someone's not wearing a mask. And we know the Cardinals when you're in the facility, um, in a way, uh, no uh, social distancing, no big crowds. So, um, you, you don't want to say it's a surprise because they, they warned us and we look across the league and it's more, um, you know, for other teams, they haven't been able to be at the facility. Uh, the Cardinals obviously, uh, according to reports on Sunday, they cleansed the uh, entire f- uh, facility in the building. So, um, you know, Certain plays were back in the building today, but not a lot. So it's unfortunate, but uh, the good news is uh, they'll be be back at some point, but they definitely are going to miss the upcoming game.
0: Kennard took to social media and tweeted the following, quote, I learned that like many others, I have tested positive for COVID-19. Thankfully, I feel completely normal so far. Please keep my family and I in your prayers as we navigate this. I look forward to being back on the field with my teammates as soon as I am cleared and safe to do so, end quote. And you reference Kingsbury, and he said it from the start, quote, I talked about it since July or training camp. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when this would occur. The teams that handle it the best, those teams are going to be at the top of this deal, end quote. And you hate to say it, next man up mentality. You have to treat this like an injury, however long it's going to last. And right now, that Marcus Golden trade looks very, very good, not only because of the injury to Chandler Jones, but now with Kennard out for however long. And Marcus Golden on the practice field wearing number 44 this afternoon for the Arizona Cardinals. So good to see the junkyard dog back wearing the Cardinals red. And now looking forward to see him on the field and certainly playing a huge role beginning this week against the Miami Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I got to think, you know, based on Canard's unavailability, I, I got to think Marcus Golden. He was with the New York Giants in training camp. He played in all the, the first four or five games. Um, you know, last year he had 10 sacks. the sack and a half on that Thursday night. Next day he was traded. So, um, he's, you know, he's played in the 3-4. Obviously there's different terminology, sometimes some different vocabulary. But uh, the fact is he's a plug-and-play guy from day one. It was nice to see him back on the field today. He looked like he never left, to be honest, even though he was wearing blue there for a while. Uh, it looks good in that Cardinal red, and I'm glad that number was available. And then Josh Morrow, um, another guy that uh, the Cardinals brought in, uh, brought back. He's uh, bounced around a little bit. And uh, he was he was actually doing drills with a defensive lineman. He wears number 69. Um, so Morrow's a guy that obviously is going to be part of the rotation. Uh, we know they – been hit a little bit there with, with Zach Allen. I think Michael Dogby um, may get an opportunity. Obviously, you got Blackson, you got Peters. Um, Jordan Phillips uh, wasn't in practicing today, but he was out there, you know, with his teammates. So, you know, it is next man up, but I, I do think it w- at some positions it's going to be have to be by committee, and I think we're going to see that um, based on what Vance was able to do in sub-packages last week. And, um, you know, unfortunately, and I'm glad he told us, you know, they had a lot of third-down packages for, for guys like Isaiah Simmons where they were going six defensive backs. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Seattle was capitalizing on first and second down. So I, I think it's going to be have to be by committee, but you're going to expect, you know, more out of Hassan Reddick and, and obviously Marcus Golden.
0: And I think that's the philosophy that this defense has taken since Chandler Jones went down, a collective effort to try to get to the quarterback as much as possible. Maybe not so much in the terms of number of sacks, but just getting that quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket. The other next man up, if you will, potentially with Murphy now on the sidelines and another new face that this team added, quarterback Devontae Bosby. 6'2", 190 pounds, was previously with the Broncos, played in four games, but he had been released and available. And now you're looking at someone who's got good size. Now it's he just got here, and how quickly can he pick things up? But he becomes the fifth cornerback on the active roster, with Murphy now on the reserve COVID-19 list. And don't forget, you still have Prince Amukamara on the practice squad.
1: Yeah, I, I did get a chance to see uh, Bosby today, he wearing number twenty-five. You're right; he's got good size. And then Prince was out there on the practice squad, and we know the team has made uh, roster moves, whether it's Friday or Saturday, in, in Junction to who's going to be inactive on game day. Um, they told us last week that uh, Prince is getting closer. Um, and, and again, he was he was in camp with the Raiders on the street for a while. So, you got to get into football shape, and, and he's bounced around, so you would think he'd pick up the defense. So, they've added some depth back there. Um, you know, Jalen Thompson is another guy that was on the practice field during the open portion. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that's, you know, been on the IR for return. I want to say this is his third week. So, if you can get those guys back, and then all of a sudden, Banjo and Kevin Peterson and Charles Washington, possibly, uh, when Murphy returns, then Bo- Bosby becomes your depth guy. So, um, again, I, I still think that secondary uh, could be the strength because they're mixing the match a little bit more up front than they were a couple weeks ago when they had to play Curtis Riley and Deontay Thompson.
0: This is Bosby's fourth season. Previous stops Chiefs, Bears, and Eagles. He won a title, the Super Bowl title with Philadelphia when he was on the practice squad, a former undrafted rookie free agent out of pittsburgh state in 2015 interesting he had landed with the broncos when the alliance of american football suspended operations and i read this note in darren urban's article on azcardinals.com in the aaf he actually picked off current cardinals coaching assistant mike bercovici so already maybe one familiar face that he's aware of although on the opposite sideline with respect to bosby but we'll have to wait and see as we get closer and closer to this matchup against the Dolphins. It's certainly going to look different. But how about some good news here, MJ? You brought up Jalen Thompson maybe getting closer, and Kingsbury brought that up as well, saying that he's day-to-day. Max Williams the tight end, who we've talked a lot about here. He's on our Robert this year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he is certainly getting closer and was officially designated to return off injured reserve list today so he can begin practicing, and certainly the Cardinals have missed him. But then Kenyon Drake, officially listed day-to-day. Here's Kingsbury's quote about the Cardinals running back. It looked more severe than probably what it's going to end up being, hopefully, He's really made good progress, but I'm not sure it will be enough to get him back this week, end quote. So we noted last week that he was not placed on injured reserve, short-term injured reserve, meaning you had to miss at least three weeks. So if he's sidelined this week, Chase Edmonds gets the start, and you go running back by committee, perhaps this is an injury in which Drake can overcome maybe next week against Buffalo or at Seattle.
1: Well, great news. I mean, you, you can tell he was in pain. Um, he was emotional. He put he, he was put on the cart. And, and sometimes you, you know, as a player, you know, you feel something and then obviously you got to wait for the MRI, but it looked a lot worse when it happened. I just think he was, you know, any player would be concerned. Is this, am I going to miss the rest of the season? A lot of, there's probably 50 things that go through your mind. Could I have taken a different cut? Obviously it's football, so it's going to happen, but that is really good news. Uh, whether he misses, a, you know, a game or two, um, we got to look at the big picture. We know these couple games coming up are AFC opponents. They still count in the win loss column, but when he start getting into these division games on a short week, he hopefully and, and medical they won't clear him until he's ready. So that opens up for Chase Edmonds, um, and then you, you look at a guy like, um, you know, Jonathan Ward, who I think's got a more skill set like Kenyon Drake. He does dress on game day. I think Foster is a guy that, you know, if he's on the active roster, um, maybe more of a special teams guy. And then I think a lot of Cardinal fans, and rightfully so, probably more Sun Devil fans, they want to know about Eno Benjamin. And I think he's going to get a chance. Um, you know, again, he didn't win the uh, kick returner job. Uh, you and I looked it up last week. If, if they're going to take Chase off uh, special teams, that would be Isabella back there and Christian Kirk is the punt returner. So, you know, I think Benjamin is, is is still trying to find his niche. Um, I think he's got a skill set more like Chase. So uh, we'll see if they dress all four running backs. But I do think, Eno Benjamin, he's been inactive uh, pretty much all season. He has. Uh, i curious to see if, he, if they can find a role for him. And he could be uh, one of those guys that, you know, I, I do agree with you. I think it's going to be more Chase, Chase, Chase. And then, as you pointed out last week incorrectly, ride the hot hand, but you also want to have a change of pace back. And I think Ward or Benjamin can kind of fill that role. Obviously, ball security is a big issue when you're a young player in the NFL.
0: And that's just kind of what we've seen out of Kingsbury so far in his short tenure on the NFL level. And I know even going back to Texas tech, it's been one running back. And then if that back needs a breather or you're looking, as you said, a change of pace, then that's when that second or third running back sees some time. But the interesting though, with respect to Drake and Edmonds, you saw a lot of them on the field at the same time, whether one in the backfield or two in the backfield, the other one split as a wide receiver. I don't know. What that might look like—that's one dynamic of this offense that I—that I don't know how much we'll see because Drake and Edmonds were so good with that combination together.
1: Yeah, and if you're on the field, um, you know they're not going to change your offense because you know you got a, a seventh-round pick in there is pass protection. I mean, you're the safety net. Uh, you're the safety net uh, if the quarterback. Now you know Kyler gets out a lot of traffic, but a uh, Dink Foster just being in the league a little bit longer, more seasoned, even though uh he hasn't been able to stay a healthy throughout his career. I think he's he's better in pass protection. But, you know, we I think pass protection and you know, is kinda of like tackling. It's a want to. Um yeah, you're not you're the small you're smaller than the guy you're gonna hit, but your your job is to chip him and try to slow him down so he doesn't hit the quarterback. So, you know, those will all play factors and I'm sure Sean Kugler and James Sexton and, and tight ends coach Steve Eiden are gonna have some say on certain pre- packages for certain players. Um and along those lines, you know, it's just, you know, I, I just think, you know, this is a great opportunity for Chase. I think a lot of people are intrigued. Can he be the featured back? And I think he's going to showcase his skill set. You know, he, he's only had like 55 touches this year. I mean, this guy needs more touches. I think we've been, I've been banging that drum. Everyone has just based on we see now, you know, kind of the old Augie Ojeda. You play them over a period of time, and sometimes they get exposed, and that's why they're role players. But I don't see that with Chase. I really feel the organization, Craig, moving forward, thinks he could be the featured back.
0: Well, we've heard Kingsbury mention that a couple of different times, that they see Edmonds as a starter in this league. It's just right now he's up against Kenyon Drake. But Edmonds this season, 29 carries for 176 yards. Bird gang, I'll do the math. That's better than six yards every time he touches the football, and he is a little bit different looking running back than a Kenyon Drake.
1: Yeah, and once again, I got to include Kyler Murray in the rushing. I mean, I I know we the running back position, and the reason why I say that is because when he averages seven, eight, nine rushes a game, the team has a good record. He averages like you know seven point four. He had ten rushes for seventy four yards. And so, you know, Kyler's going to take away some of those touches. And, and again, you just wonder where Jonathan Ward, uh, DJ Foster, and Eno Benjamin. Uh, but if you get a lead in the fourth quarter, you're going to have to try to run the football a little bit
0: too. By the way, the Cardinals moved to number two in rushing yards per carry in the NFL without even playing a game. They moved up from number three to number two at that 5.2-yard average, which would be, again, for the second straight season, talking about a franchise best mark.
1: Again, um, give Kime and, and, you know, Quentin Harris and, and Adrian Wilson and Drew Brickson, give him credit. But I'll say this, though, Sean Coogler for president. Now, he probably doesn't <laughs> want to do that role because there's a lot of things that come across your desk. He's perfect for what he's doing right now. Um, but, I mean, they're just, it's night and day. I mean, nothing against Ray Brown and some of the – and I've already made the claim. And I like George Warhop. I liked Russ Grimm. Russ Grimm was a hog. He was in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but when it comes to technique and just getting these guys to play as a unit, uh, there's nothing like Sean Coogler. And I, and I think we're seeing it. And, you know, obviously Kyler tips them numbers, but he's part of what they do in the running game.
0: Bird gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com for more. As we continue on this Monday edition uh, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals after a bye weekend. Do need to make mention here, MJ, that uh, this week and then next week, Dolphins and Bills, two AFC East opponents, but more fans in the stands. The Arizona Department of Health Services is allowing for 4,200 fans at State Farm Stadium. So again, this will be much like what we saw with the Seattle Seahawks, exclusively for season ticket holders based on seniority and those who did not, let me say that again, those who did not purchase tickets for the Seahawks game. So if you're at the Seahawks game, you won't be at the Dolphins or Bills games unless your name comes back into rotation based off everyone ahead of you, either purchasing tickets or saying, no, not this time. And then maybe we see a second game for those fans.
1: Yeah. And and when the Cardinals had, you know, uh, basically coaches and and family and friends, there were 750 people. They're all on one side. The last game, when they had 1,200, they used both sides. And I noticed Craig, um, really you're from the 20 to the 20. And because they they have signage in the end zones, and, and obviously you want people to be able to sit in those seats where the concessions are right there. I'm sure any seat you have, you could find the concessions in the restrooms. But and then you know they zip tie the seats, so you can't push a seat down. And we were there towards the end of training camp, and they had us sitting in the stands. I, I had a great seat at the 50 yard line. Obviously on the 20 yard line, hopefully you get some action on your end. But so it looks like they'll they'll put um you know 2000 on one side 2050 on one side and 2050 on the other side so but again um depending on if you've been quarantined with x amount of people in your family maybe you get four in a row but for the most part though they spread you out and there's zip ties on the seat where you cannot push the seat down and that's at all nfl stadiums that obviously are going through you know limited fans
0: and 4,200 doesn't sound like a lot when you think about that building that can seat, you know, 70, 75,000. But the players made mention of it after the Seahawks game. You can hear it. it's noticeable, especially that game, the excitement. And then, of course, the home team coming away with the win. But every little bit helps because this is something that players have said publicly. Uh, you know, no big deal. Training camp week one. And then afterwards, like, yeah, it's really odd. It's really different. And. Players feed off that energy from the fans and the stands.
1: Yeah, it only can help, especially the next two games. Now, you know, I don't know how many people circled the Dolphins they want to go to that game because we didn't know Tua. Now you probably thought at some point he's gonna play, but they they were a five hundred team and they benched him and we'll get into the Dolphins throughout the course of the week, but you know the Bills, and for me being from Western New York, there's a ton of transplants out here. So I'm wondering what that Bills versus Dolphins game uh, will look like. And again, Cardinal fans, you had that right. Um, but obviously, the more Cardinal fans, the better it will be because the Cardinals have done a really good job protecting the nest. Now they got to win more home games, as we pointed out over the last couple of years. But they do get a charge from the fans, especially when a big play is made, whether it's a defensive sack, a Larry Fitzgerald catch. So it can help this team on the field.
0: In recent years, you see a Dolphins or Bills game on the schedule and you're like, okay, whatever, not that big a deal. It's the AFC East, it's the New England Patriots and everyone else falls in line. This is different, though. And I think this will help the fact that the Dolphins won. They're above 500. They're fighting for a playoff spot. The Bills are better. They want a playoff spot. They want to win the division. And it's all about being better after the bye. Last year, let's not forget, it was a later bye. It was in November, and the Cardinals came out of that bye week, MJ, losing to the Rams 34-7. Jared Goff, 405 passing yards at the 844 mark of the third quarter. Kingsbury was asked about it last week, again today. Kyler Murray asked about it last week. Corey Peters, Kelvin Beecham asked about it today. In the midst of everything that is going on, COVID-19, and then trying to maintain this three-game winning streak, this team cannot lay an egg coming at the bye like it did a year ago.
1: Yeah. And, you know, after the Lions game, we thought they'd be ready to play in Carolina. Again, there's always one dud. Hopefully that's the one because you can't go back and change the score. Uh, Carolina's going a different direction. So when it comes to conference wins and tiebreakers, Cardinals would be above them. You know, I'll say this and, and, and obviously we'll get into the Dolphins and Bills, uh, you know, accordingly, but you're going to face two really good defenses. And I don't, when I looked at that Dolphins team on Sunday, I don't know how many players they have over 30 years old, and they got multiple draft picks. And you know, I told you in the past when Adrian Wilson got a chance to play for Brian Flores um, in, in New England, and I said, "Man, he's taking a, bad, a tough job." He said, "This guy's not tanking, and the players love playing for him. And they they're fast on defense, they're physical, and so and, and then the Bills, I think, because of Sean McDermott, yes, yes Josh Allen and, and the wideouts um, have done a good job. But Sean McDermott, he cut his teeth, you know, in Philadelphia uh, when Jim Johnson was there as, a, as a, probably a position coach. And then obviously he was with Rivera down there in Carolina. So they're going to face really two good defenses. And, and maybe that's more in the AFC because sometimes you do have to play the Steelers and the Ravens and the Chiefs where you got to slow these offenses down. So... Uh, they're going to face some really fast defenses in the next couple of weeks. And I don't know if that was the case against the Jets defense, the Cowboys defense, and we know the Seahawks defense.
0: One year ago today, the Dolphins were 0-7. Now they're 4-3. and 3. You talk about a turnaround. That certainly should have the attention of every coach and player in that Cardinals locker room because what you don't want to have happen here is to lose The momentum, if you buy into that, or just the good feeling that this team has and had going through the bye week, you don't want to come out this Sunday and then all of a sudden have that go away. It's what Larry Fitzgerald said during Cardinals flight plan, which dropped over the weekend, episode six, titled Raising the Bar. Quote, it means nothing if we don't continue to get better and improve and work at our craft week in and week out. We have a long way to go. End quote. Now, to a certain extent, MJ, you wouldn't expect Fitz to say anything less, regardless of the circumstance, but he knows every game is important. That's why the two games that we always talk about, Lions and Panthers, stick out like a sore thumb. You can't discount what is in front of you because of the mistakes that perhaps you made behind you. And at this point in the season, I've watched enough football this year in 2020. There is no gimme. I'm sorry, there is no gimme. There is, I'll just mark it down. Any given Sunday, it's cliche, but no more so than here this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, some teams don't have as much talent, but they play with a lot of heart and grit. And, you know, they may not look, you know, at the scoreboard throughout the game, but they're going to play hard. And, you know, when I look at this, it's you know, the Cardinals offense is going to have to continue what they're doing and add to it. And, you know, we were talking about earlier about, you know, in the past they've used two running backs in the game together. I think we're going to see when now Max Williams has the eligibility to come off the the uh, return list within the next three weeks. Um, I asked Kingsbury this morning about him and Jalen Thompson. He said they're getting closer, so I don't know if they're going to play right away here. But um, maybe we can see guys like, um, you know, Darrell Daniels. Obviously he's got to cut down on the metal errors of Julius Thomas to where they use him as an H-back in, in the backfield or bring in – josh jones as an extra blocker and they've done that over the last couple of weeks just because you know dan arnold's not the you know the biggest guy even though he's getting better and he's more of a matchup and he, he's off to a really slow start so you like to get some production from the tight ends but i understand when you're kyle murray and you have all those weapons that's probably i wouldn't say it's the last place you look um, but i got other options and guys can get yards after catch but it wouldn't surprise me if they use some of those those tight ends and we know cliff's Uh, not afraid to go two tight ends, two wide and one back, especially on short yardage, especially in the red zone, especially on the fourth downs that he's willing to go for. And, Craig, I I look at this team, and I think Kingsbury hit it on last week, what's the identity of this football team? And I think there's three things he mentioned. Play fast, physical, and we're going to be aggressive. So after seven games, that's who they are. And I'm not just talking about the offense. I'm talking about the total team. Play fast, and they do that on offense, and if the defense can get three and outs, they're, they're playing fast because now they're not on the field. And then, obviously, when it comes to physicality, we've seen a different physicality from this team, especially in that front seven, even the offensive line winning one-on-one matchups. And then he's going to be aggressive. So that's the identity of this football team going into the last nine games.
0: And aggressive defensively as well, especially that's true, yeah. the last two games in prime time. Because no Yes, because of no Chandler Jones, Vance Joseph has decided to dial it up. So, yes, these coaches kind of mirror each other when it comes to the offense and defense, respectively. But Episode 6, Raising the Bar, Cardinals Flight Plan Season number 3 debuted over the weekend, Saturday night, Halloween night. In case you missed it, Bird Gang, go to youtube.com slash Cardinals. It was a look through the first seven games with exclusive conversations from Michael Bidwell. Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury, Larry Fitzgerald, and Kyle Murray. And there was a lot that stood out. I referenced Fitz's quote on that they've accomplished nothing, which is the right mindset. But what Kime said at the start of that episode, quote, winning that game, referring to the Seahawks game, has made the next one even bigger. And he's talking about the Dolphins. It's the most important game on the schedule. You've said it. And I kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's, you can't compare this game versus a primetime matchup against the Seahawks. But you can when you're five and two and you have a destination in mind postseason, win the division, go to the conference championship game, get to the Super Bowl, something Kyler Murray mentioned in Cardinals' flight plan. The most important game is the next game.
1: I mean, I, I've enjoyed the season. It's been a lot of fun. Now, obviously, winning, you know, helps that. If we're two and five, or Cardinals are two and five, or, okay, uh, do you want to see the young guys? Uh, we're not getting into that conversation. So, um, But I think whatever, if they can continue to win, and you're not going to win every game, but have more wins than losses, and that means maybe 9 or 10, depending on where you are in November, December, um, but every game you win, the next game gets bigger because you're playing for more. So, again, just, you know, one game at a time. I know it sounds like a cliche, fans, you can go ahead and look ahead and project this team to win X amount of games. But every time you win, that next game becomes bigger because you just don't want to lose. First of all, you don't want to lose. You don't want to lose at all. You don't want to lose at home and to an AFC team that you feel like you got a better roster. But those teams are on the rise. Buffalo's been on the rise for a couple of years, and this could be the first time since 1995 that they take over the, um, the AFC East. And I think Miami could be looking at second place there. So they're playing for something.
0: And that's the message that Kingsbury delivered before the bye week. He delivered again today post-bye week. And then you hear Corey Peters or Kelvin Beecham talk about how different this bye week was. And maybe it's easier to maintain that level of focus and intensity and being, quote, locked in because these players couldn't go anywhere. Due to COVID-19 protocols, they were tested every single day. And then seeing these players in the facility, Corey Peters brought that up. He's never seen this many players in a facility during the bye week, either working out, hanging out, or getting in a workout. And, yes, if you got nowhere else to go, well, you might as well get in some work and not waste your time. But it was good to hear Corey Peters bring that up, That and I didn't give a number, but to see a lot of his teammates not just using these four days to kind of get away mentally, physically, but to actually do some work. And I think that's the important part here. This team understands where they are right now after seven games. It's only halfway to where they eventually want to be at.
1: Yeah, and, that, and winning's contagious. I mean, if you you go to the facility to do your COVID test and you walk in, you can go to your locker. Uh, maybe you got lunch that you're gonna you know have box lunch or something. But once you're there, hey, let's go watch some film. It's contagious. And, and again, these guys trust each other. That's one thing that, I, that, that that's clear to me. They trust each other. The coaching staff trust the players. The players trust the front office and the coaching staff. So there's no hidden agenda here. There's one goal in mind, and that's to get to the postseason.
0: By the way, coincidence or just kind of happened this way that since Kyle went on Doug and Wolf on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station and called out his quote-unquote five-star players, the team has not lost. They are on a three-game winning streak. Coincidence or kind of just picked a good time to maybe move the needle, if you will.
1: Well, the timing was right because they are coming off back-to-back losses. So, so in, in, you know, whether they were playing the Jets that weekend or not, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I listen. I think players know when they leave the stadium how well they played and what the expectations are for their position. But when you hear from your boss, and maybe he's talking about other guys too, because you know, when he made that comment, yes, their five star players started playing like five star players. But we had other role players step up. I mean, the Dennis Gardex, Hassan Redicks, you know, Tanner Vallejo. You know, we had other guys step up. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think as you, if you had the true sermon with every player, how did you play today? Well, I could have played better. Well, if you go around the room, everyone says that. That probably means you guys didn't win that day. But if you go in there and say, I'm going I'm to correct these mistakes and it won't happen again, that means you're building something for the next couple of weeks, in this case for the next nine weeks.
0: On Flight Plan, Kai mentioned having tough, honest conversations and then added this, quote, we have 53 guys in that locker room that I'm damn proud of and they want to be coached. They want to be challenged. Sometimes through criticism, we all excel at our positions. End quote. And perhaps that is what's happened since that loss at Carolina. You beat the Jets, you beat the Cowboys, you beat the Seahawks, and this team has put themselves in position that I think a lot of people expected, but I don't know if maybe this close or this soon into the season, you're talking about a five-win team with wins over San Francisco and Seattle.
1: Yeah, and 2-0 in and the division. I mean, not a lot of teams can say that. We know that Seahawks can't claim that. Uh, you know we'll see with that they finish three and three four and two and then you get greedy because we know week 16 and 17 you're playing against division opponents and then after you know Miami and Buffalo you get a short week against the Seahawks on the road so we're going to know more about this team in the next couple of weeks and are they ready to take that
0: next step bird gang subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Google Podcasts, Stitcher and SoundCloud Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We continue here on this Monday, Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You brought up the NFC West, MJ, and I know typically we kind of do this on Tuesdays. This Tuesday, however, something else is happening, November 3rd. It's election day. I encourage the Bird Gang to go out and vote. Whoever you vote for, just make sure your voice is heard. So we are all taking Tuesday to do that. We will rejoin you on Wednesday. Coaches, players, the entire NFL, although the trade deadline is 2 p.m. Arizona time on Tuesday. But all league offices, all team facilities are closed for the day, so everyone has the opportunity to vote. But here are the current standings in the NFC West. Seahawks, six and one, the number one seed. Cardinals, five and two, the five seed. Rams, five and three, seven seed. And the 49ers at four and four, the nine seed. Everyone at or above 500. Still, I think the best division in all of football, MJ. And I got to admit, there was a stretch there on Sunday afternoon that once the Rams lost to the Dolphins, Cause I wasn't sure. Do you root for the 49ers or the Seahawks, two division foes colliding? You know, which, which way do you go? Well, once the Rams lost, I was like, well, wait a second. <laughs> Started to do a little math in my head. If the 49ers win, then that means the Seahawks would be five and two. Cardinals are five and two, but they beat the Seahawks head to head. We could be talking about a first place team here on a Monday as opposed to now being in second place. What was my thought process in a little bit for uh, a Sunday afternoon?
1: Well, I'll, I'll admit, um, on Thursday night, I was rooting for the Falcons, and I have no rooting interest because I just want to see Carolina get more losses because they would have a tiebreaker and, you know, give them credit. They got up to a good, you know, decent start, but now they're coming back to earth. And then I was rooting for the Dolphins just I won't root for them on Sunday. And, yeah, I wanted the Seahawks to get a second loss. I mean, I'm scoreboard watching. Usually don't do that until, like, You know, December, I I look at conference games. How does does this affect them in the race? And and right now they would be one of the wild card teams. You know what's interesting about that uh, Dolphins game? First of all, there there wasn't a whole lot of offense the (laughs) game. Everyone all week said, man, you're starting this guy against Aaron Donald? And then he gets clobbered. His, His numbers were pedestrian. Give him credit for his first win. But because of Brian Flores and they had that game plan at the Super Bowl, to shut the Rams down. They only scored three points in that game. Patriots got a late field goal. They won 13-3. to And it was a blueprint how they stopped. Jared Goff and, and Sean McVay. It's amazing. Uh, matchups and then obviously when you work for Bill Belichick for all those years. So that really stood out to me. But they didn't do a whole lot offensively. But you've got to give their special teams and defense a lot of credit. And as I was mentioning earlier, Craig, they don't have a lot of guys over 30. And then you're watching that Seahawks game and, you know, you're thinking, all right obviously they're familiar with each other, but, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to have to make a decision at the end of the year. Nick Mullins came in and brought him back in that game. I, I, I don't want to, you know, throw dirt on anything here, but I think there's a shift in the, in the NFC West just from a standpoint of San Francisco was 13-3 and three last year, okay? They already have four losses. Um, they're, they're going to lose Jimmy Garoppolo to a high ankle sprain. Maybe not, Mullins is more mobile. Um, they like him. And then George Kittle it looks like he's going to be out eight weeks, so I don't think they're going to make the postseason. So I think we can kind of put an X mark on them. Um, now they could play spoiler role. Um, and then the Rams, I mean, Jared Goff. I, I wish I wish Vance Joseph had that game plan because you know these Cardinals played the Rams much better in the second second game than they did the first. Um, but I really think you know when you look at the quarterback play, it's Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. And then it's Jimmy Garoppolo and Goff. You can make the case there. Um, obviously all three head coaches in the division besides Cliff has been to the Super Bowl already. McVay, Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan, so they still gotta get, make that progress. But this team, this could come down to a two team race. I'm not I'm not discrediting the Rams, but they need to play like Goff's gotta have a really good day. He can't play like he had did on Sunday because then they're vulnerable. Um, but I want to give Brian Flores a lot of credit because he went back to that game plan and they were able to shut them down. But but I do think Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson are the best quarterbacks, and I think those two teams could have the best record uh, when it's all set in, a, in the NFC West.
0: Let's touch on the Rams for a moment. 28-17, the final. They're 5-3. and three. They've lost two of three. The win sandwiched around a victory against the Bears on Monday Night Football. You mentioned Jared Goff picked off twice, strip-sacked twice. But I think you have to start questioning the Rams, and it's a fair question, MJ. Who have they beaten? They went 4-0 against the NFC East, and their victory against the Bears, their only win against a team with a winning record. And I understand that they've got Aaron Donald, but unless the defense is scoring points, you're going to need some help.
1: Yeah, and, and they also lost to Buffalo. That, that They were getting blown out, and they made a comeback, and there's some questionable calls, but they did lose to the Bills. So, yeah, and Bills are, you know, they're a playoff team last year, and they're a team that's, you know, has five wins. So, yeah, I mean, but, I again, they don't make the schedule. They just play it, and, you know, I get it. I mean, you look at the Cardinals, you know, what Detroit, what their record was, the Jets, the Dick Cowboys, I mean – uh, I get it. Um, but every week a different challenge. And you pointed out earlier, we've seen upsets. Um, you don't think a team's going to go there. And sometimes, you know, they don't take them serious. And that's what was disappointing when I heard Kyler Murray say they, they stepped on the field against the Panthers and they thought that they were just going to win. You can't do that in the NFL. And that was a, that was a learning experience to where I don't see that will happen the rest of the season for the Cardinals.
0: So the Rams with some good news. They don't play this week, so they are enjoying their bye week. The 49ers at 4-4, four and four, losing to the Seahawks 37-27, ending a two-game winning streak. It's a short week for the 49ers. They will host the Packers on Thursday night football. And you bring up not only Jimmy Garoppolo with a high ankle sprain, tied in George Kittle with a small fracture in his foot. This might finally put the nail, if you will, in the coffin for the 49ers. I know many people are writing them off earlier in the season, and then they started winning. Four and four is still a great mark, harder to do anything when you're up against everyone else within the division. But these injuries, uh, Tevin Coleman reaggravated his knee injury. He had just returned from IR. They get healthy, and immediately it's either the same player goes down or the backup that had replaced the injured player gets hurt themselves so it's it's a lot to ask of any team when you have all these injuries especially the key positions a quarterback and then of course your best offensive weapon in George Kittle
1: well and you can make the case they lost their best pass rusher in Bosa lost Solomon Thomas I mean you you can only take so many hits um but I mean it's 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 we always say teams are the healthiest towards the end of the season. you got to be lucky. You don't know what's going to happen, although I always say you can take the player off the field. But, yeah, I mean, and now they're going to make a decision in the offseason. What do they do at the quarterback position? Because, I mean, they actually did flirt with Tom Brady. Uh, obviously, that was news in February and March when we were at the combine. I didn't buy into it. But, you know, Garoppolo played well for three and a half quarters and then Figure can the guy win the big game or something? I don't know what it was. But, yeah, it's just you hate to see injuries. Um, and we Cardinals have had them over the years. I mean, we talk about you know, losing Chandler Jones. I don't – nobody's crying for us there because, you know, you still got – it's not like you're going on the field with 10 players. Now, I will say this, Craig. Cardinals had it, obviously, the corners. Um, they've had it outside pass rushers, D-line. But that Seattle game, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, that's going to be a lot different. Carlos Dunlop, Snacks Harrison, and Jamal Adams. Doe, now, Harrison's on the practice squad. He was close. They were going to bring him up another week. Um, so that game is going to be a lot different than it was at State Farm Stadium. And, you know, hopefully the Cardinals, you know, they feel like they can play with them. Um, obviously, they, they, they match up well with them. But adding those three guys uh, – that's, it's going to be a different game, and, and when you look at the uh, the Niners, I mean, you lose your quarterbacks. You know, he's not playing on one leg. They try to stick him out there. He couldn't move. Then they lose Kittle and Bosa. So these are these are big time names, and you could see based on their salaries how much they're they're counting against the cap. That's how much they're going to miss these guys.
0: Seahawks six and one beating the 49ers bouncing back from the loss to the Cardinals Seahawks four and they'll play three of their next four though on the road first with a visit to the bills and let's talk about the new names if you will or fresh faces Jamal Adams did not play on Sunday he's expected to return this week Carlos Dunlap acquired from the Bengals an 11-year pro two-time pro bowler he should be able to uh Add something to the Seahawks defense, and of course that game is coming up against the Cardinals on November nineteenth on a short week it's Thursday Night football. Cardinals have to travel there on a Wednesday, play on a Thursday, coming off uh, a game a home game against the bills. but yeah, this Seahawks team uh, you know certainly looked very, very good. Russell Wilson, four more touchdown passes he continues to sling it and dK Metcalf. 12 catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns on 15 targets. The defense got a little better as well. They're still having running back issues. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde did not play. So at this point, you know, they will go as far as Russell Wilson, but if they can get that defense a little bit better, even marginally better than the Seahawks, not only are the number one seed, but maybe the team to beat in the NFC.
1: Yeah, and – we know how much Buddha Baker means to this defense. And if you watch Jamal Adams throughout his career, um, you know, he's, he's like Buddha Baker. He's another guy you can put in the, in the box. He can blitz off the edge, really good in coverage. And I think that defense will settle down with him, just him being on the field. It's like we talk about opposing, you know, coordinators looking at a certain offense and defense. Well, where's, where's Jamal Adams? And then, you know, you look at, you know, where's Carlos Dunlop? Because they, they also have good players, but it, um, I, th- I just think on paper it's going to be a different matchup.
0: So again, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, that's the order in the NFC West, a division that is collectively 20 and 10, 10 games above 500 with three of the teams right now currently in the postseason with the Rams coming up. At number seven, remember seven teams from each conference make the playoffs. And right now the Cardinals, uh, looking very good because of their two and oh mark inside the division. But, uh, again, let's get that focus on this week, not against the Seahawks and really hammer home the point that it's all dolphins all the time because this team cannot get ahead of themselves. And I think, I think that might have been the case maybe even last year after the bye week and they weren't good. Last year when they hit the bye week and maybe some guys were looking ahead to the offseason. But this from what we're seeing or hearing, it just seems that there is a different level of focus from not only the coaches, but the players as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it sounds like they've had that conversation and they learned from it. And, you know, they got, you know, it was a bad taste because, you know, you didn't expect that. Um, but obviously, live and learn, and you know, hopefully, we're not having that conversation come Sunday night on the post-game show because uh, we talk about they're winnable games. Um, yeah, you know, I like the matchup for the Cardinals, but you're playing a team that's it's got some momentum right now. They feel like they've turned the corner under Brian Flores. They got a ton of draft picks in the future. Um, they got a young quarterback, just like the Cardinals did, just like the Rams did with Goff, and then you throw in. Um, you know some of these other teams like Lamar Jackson in Kansas City, so um, they feel like they got some momentum. Uh, you know we don't play them a lot, so the, there's going to be some probably a little surprises. Even though the Cardinals will look at the last four games, and obviously the, they they played a couple against some of the NFC West team. so they'll get a better gauge of that. But right now, focus is on the Miami Dolphins and take care of business at home and start to build it and keep stacking wins.
0: Yeah, the months of September and October behind us. It's now. Meaningful football in November and December to steal the line that uh, you always use, Mike Jarecki. So again, welcome back bird gang from the bye. And of course, uh, we will continue to talk about the Dolphins game coming up this weekend. It is a 225 start from State Farm Stadium. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. Make sure you vote. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.